Panelism, the podcast where we talk about the comics and graphic novels worth having on your shelf, and sometimes more, which we'll get to in a minute. I am Taylor Trask. I'm Todd A. And I'm way too excited and enthusiastic. It's okay, man. Just, I've had many cups of coffee today. I was just realizing, <laughs> so, I was like, that was, that was very, that was very sort of, uh, I don't know, car salesman-y. I was like, I didn't, I didn't mean that to be the case. It's good. It helps me modulate my energy. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to come in too hot or not. So <laughs> sometimes you do. You just you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like it's like flying into Midway Era Airport in Chicago, where it's just like you're coming in, you're coming now, <laughs> ah, we're dropping, and here we go. So oh man, speaking of that, you just flew into San Diego uh, recently, which is one of the top ten most uh, dangerous landing airports, or something like that. I heard like, this, and then yet yeah, as we were coming in, it just seemed perfectly normal. So I didn't know maybe we came in cool. on just like the one the one runway that was fine. Everybody told me this though. Yeah, I was in San Diego and then I was just in South Dakota and I think I I I got to both exactly at the right time. Uh because California literally like the day after we got back started its uptick back into severe COVID territory. God, they're just they they're South not- Dakota's about to. I mean, we're, we're seeing it all over the country, right? Like nobody is getting this shit straight and it's, it's yeah. insane. Cause it's like, just, just wear a mask and socially distant, uh, distance yourself and wash your hands and you'll, you'll cut transmission. Yeah. And there's all these fools out there thinking that they, you know, the mask is some ridiculous, like diktat that they don't want to obey. And, um, well, what's happening in Southern California is that there's like the rates start going up, yeah. um, uh, Orange County, where I am, shut the beaches down uh, for July, you know, like before the July 4th uh, weekend. So did and LA, of course, shut everything down. Uh, we have, you know, these mask ordinances in place. Well, San Diego didn't. So all these fucking idiots from the Inland Empire, and sorry, I shouldn't say it like that, and Arizona all come into San Diego because it's like it just bottlenecks them all into one beach. Yeah. And it's just like, guys, you've got to coordinate across these three counties. This is insane. And now we know LA schools aren't going to open in the fall. San Diego schools aren't going to open in the fall. And I think what just happened today is that Orange County said, yeah, we're going to open schools. Oh my it's God. like, guys, we are sandwiched in between you. This doesn't make any sense. Wow. Like. Wow. All these people in Orange County that are, you know, sending their kids to school, the adults are, are like, there's a good likelihood that they're working in Los Angeles County. So mm. someone's in a home with a kid that's going to school and then traveling to LA maybe for work. Who knows? It's wow. ridiculous. Well, here's, here's one for you. So I was at my 20th high school reunion over the weekend. Um, great little time. As I suspected, most people in my hometown just really aren't doing the mask thing and yeah to, to be fair it's a town of 800 people so the, the infection rate is at this moment probably negligible although we have one of the biggest uh tourist stops in the country in a little thing called wall drug and people come all from all over but in this particular case it was also our town celebration like you know, our sort of every year the town it's a celebration of the town's birthday but then all the ha- there's a rodeo uh prca rodeo and then there's like all the school all the 10-year grad you know plus grad, you know, uh, reunions, let say graduations, reunions all gather together. So whatever year you came in, then every 10 years thereafter. So I had mine. So there's a parade, there's all these things. Well, there's a, there's a big kind of tense situation and there's a beer garden and then like a dance, you know, the band will play like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so we go to you as you not be 700 people under the tent, you know, this you know, big tents, but it was outdoors and it was at night, but I was just like, that's probably not an environment I want to be in. Their rates don't go up, God bless them, but it's just like, holy crap, this is, you're literally asking for it, just begging for it. So, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. And 
what I'm hearing out of um, my hometown of Nashville is that ridiculously difficult Mm -hmm. and and not not like impossible difficult or something just like pain in the ass difficult yeah yeah. and dmv level difficult (laughs) and well Uh, what they're doing is they're 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 pre-screening you so if you don't uh hit any of the like um you you know if you're not flagged for like being a potential candidate then then they just turn you away Hmm. like they won't schedule you or they'll deprioritize your schedule. It's like easy to get a test in California. So, you know, these people understand how serious it is, but impossible to get a test in Tennessee. So they think it's all a hoax or something. It's just, yeah, like I said, my caffeine's probably, uh, I'm either peaking or I'm slowing down. So it sounds like I was just about to get excited. Wow. I'll tell you, last time we talked, <laughs> I had a, uh, my analogy that I was thinking of was, the game of thrones analogy of like the winter is coming you know mm-hmm. and um and you can listen to our last episode if you want to hear that this week i've been obsessed with um <laughs> the infinity war and end game and that is uh, to our friend, the avenger or <laughs> um that makes things and like i just uh, mind zone because we all know <laughs> infinity war, half the population of every world in the universe mm-hmm. was wiped out because of the actions of the avengers yeah all the avengers had to do was sacrifice vision yep. early on <laughs> and everything would have been fine yep. which is like all we had to do was shut the economy down and everyone i love this would be i love this metaphor <laughs> and instead this is great. everyone's going you know just it, like batshit crazy trying to do anything but the one thing they should do you know this is our friend the economy we can't like you know i mean it, it's outrageous um also i just read mary trump's entire book today so oh my god did it come out today <laughs> uh well as i am on pacific time i got it at 9 p.m last night so <laughs> I had a but it came good... out but today was the day i didn't even yeah, yeah. okay okay so huh. um, <laughs> I could be preloaded with some, <laughs> some, uh, you know, some thoughts. Anyway, interesting. Well, we're not going to talk about that today. We want to talk about pop culture. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. This is like, it's interesting. You referenced our very first episode. Cause a, I had forgotten that was, that was the topic B I shouldn't forget because strangely that episode keeps ranking in one of our most downloaded episodes every week. It gets, you know, a lot of listens. It's always in the top 10. Sometimes it's in the top five. So somehow people are either finding it or they're starting that's with so that one. It's, it's kind of fascinating. So, so that's if data is to be believed, which more and more I'm starting to, because, you know, another story. But like um, <laughs> the, the other reason, um, where was I going with any of that? Avengers reference. I've just, I've just, I've hit a, I've hit a wall. I've hit, um, a, hit a pot, a metaphorical pothole. Yeah. Vision, killing the economy. Vision, um, killing the economy. Ah, whatever. Well, I, you know, it would have been so great if Dr. Strange, like he was like, I've oh, just reviewed right. 14 million, uh, you know, po- out, possible outcomes. And Tony Stark's like, you know, how many do we win? And, and he's like, the one where you killed Vision like a week ago. <laughs> like, what, the, what were you thinking, dum-dum? Like, all he is, this is the other thing that I was thinking of this week is like, they're like, it's a friend, whatever. That that is a sex doll with an AI component. <laughs> That's oh, all man. he is to Scarlet Witch. You, like, I get you that synthesis. you have a, like, you have a, <laughs> synthesis. you have a relationship with him, Scarlet. You know, so did Lars with his real doll. 
Oh man, I, you know, I, I, there's I, gonna be there's gonna be a time when like the future generations when we live when in peace among the amongst the synthoids and we and they're gonna go back to this podcast and be like, oh my god, look how synthes they used to be. This is gonna be the uh, this is gonna be the um, oh, what's that awful awful documentary? No, never mind. It's, what, what's the movie they showed oh. in Black Klansman at the very end? It's that awful. This is gonna be kind of like that. It's gonna be like one of those like racist radio shows from the you know like the 30s where they're like oh my god look how synthesis these guys used to be todd's just say he's nothing more than a sex doll i turned into Gil- guilfoyle in the last season yes where I decide, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, i i must show the ai that i'm willing to cooperate so that they do not sacrifice me on their exactly. altar exactly um, you'd have to make a, a, a vision fan website or something it, to just have that in the I, ether and I get, I mean, the thing was like six hours long. Anyway, you don't have time for uh, a synthesis um, uh, debate in the Avengers movies, but boy, wouldn't that have been amazing if you got Captain America being like, you guys just built this thing out of plastic. Like, it's not. <laughs> well, especially when, especially when the Vision himself is like, I think you should probably sacrifice. He's like, no, that's not what we do. We, no one leaves, we leave no one behind. He's like, okay. Yeah. I did, yeah, at that point, it's almost it's almost the vision's fault equally by not being like no 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 no. He could have rendered some sort of like you know reality projection where he could like show you like look if you don't, all of these people across all these planets will die, and it will because yeah. you're sentimental. Like you can't do that. Like just, oh. it was a strange. I always thought it was strange because a I knew as soon as they I'm just rehashing what we talked about in the episode, but like. I knew as soon as they did that, I'm like, okay, they will never have any more vision. There can't be a version of the vision where that's not in his head. So like once they made that <laughs> mind stone, it's like, well, you can't ever have the vision again. Once, you know, once Thanos gets it, which he's gonna, it's the whole yeah. point of the first arc is- We all know where this is leading. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, that's the last time we'll see vision on stage. So obviously like the show, the TV show is gonna find some way to creatively or retroactively you know, show him, but it can't be a, it can't be the current timeline going forward. He's dead. He's gone. So it was always going to be that. So it's just, it, it, it just seemed odd. that ah, Yeah. They were whatever other stories they wanted to tell about him were going to be in the past. So why didn't they just go ahead and destroy him? Yeah. <laughs> but then I, you've got a 30 minute movie, you know I mean? It's I, what just confounds me. And I enjoy watching those movies. I've, I just recently have, have rewatched Endgame and age of Ultron, which I had hilarious opinions on when we started our podcast because I was like, you know what? I think I like this one better than the first Avengers. Oh my God. And then I, oh. and then I, I hope I've made up for that because I have definitely told people like, well, I never went back and rewatched it. And rewatching it, I was like, this is kind of a garbage fire. I hate it more and more every time I watch it. Like I watched it in the yeah. first and I was like, eh, yeah, it wasn't as good, but you know, it has its merits. And every time since then, I'm like, oh, oh. I watched it this time trying to figure out where I was at that point. And I think what it was, was I was so tired of the origin stories. Yeah. And so I was, it was so exciting to me to see a superhero team up movie that wasn't like, we just met you, you know, like, and that, that was what was exciting to me. But yeah, again, rewatching it um, really didn't like it. And also uh, I hope this doesn't sound sexist, but I really think Black Widow's worst hairstyle. In, I mean, uh, in Age of Ultron? Yeah. It's huh. like the curly kind of bob thing. I mean, it's- What do you all, think? Okay, what's your it's favorite- It's up there with the skunk look from Endgame, you know? What's I'm your not, favorite Black Widow uh, look? Uh, anything else. I'm not- Anything <laughs> else? Oh, man, mine's, uh, mine's uh, Winter Soldier. That, by far. That's Wait, my favorite sh- Cap look, too. I like his uniform in that best, and I like her in that uh, best as well. I, 
I think winners. I that's one I need to go back and watch because I think it might hold it up hold, as one of oh, the dude, it, it, that, best. It's unlike it's like the inverse of uh, Ultron. Like it gets better. And I was I saw it in the theater too, and I I wasn't as enthusiastic about it compared to everybody else at the time. I was like, it yeah. was good. It was good. But like people were like, oh, this is, a, this is like such a great leap forward for Marvel. I'm like, I don't see it that way. The more I watch it, I'm like, no, this is this is definitely in the top three. You know, maybe in the top two. It's it is very good. Yeah, I, it was it was a turning point for sure. I also I forgot I also went back and rewatched Iron Man three, which right. I still prefer to Iron Man two, hmm. but um, yeah, also <laughs> kind of not the most fun watch. <laughs> Iron, you didn't think Iron Man three is a fun watch? Uh, it's just Downey Jr. snarking around the entire time, like he's not even in the suit; he's just having fun. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I just didn't. I mean, I watched it. I enjoyed it. I just, it wasn't like a blast. So, um, yeah. I mean, the gag, the bunny gag alone is, is oh. I'm sure there's people screaming like, are you kidding me? <laughs> the hell's wrong? Well, with and I'm gag? sure I have controversial opinions, but I, to me, it's like, I would watch both Ant-Man's, Black Panther. I would probably even watch Doctor Strange before I watch Iron Man 2 or 3, you know? <laughs> I, you know, Doctor Strange holds up. Or Thor 1 and 2. <laughs> Dude, Thor 1 does not hold up. Like, I was, I, uh, I, used, I loved it. I mean, it's Kenneth Branagh. It's, it's it, you know, it's the, it kind of introduces that character in a way that's legitimate and serious. But you, I mean, for me, it, it I mean, it, it's fine. It does what it needs to do. But you've showed, like, the shots of Asgard are really hokey looking and just everything. I was like, oh, there's kind of it, a. There's a there's a really sort of a, a cheesy almost like um, what's that one Robin Robin Hood everybody uh, oh shoots like the one in the 40s or the 30s the mm, one that everybody kind of Errol, Errol Flynn, Flynn. yeah Errol Flynn has a sort of Errol Flynn Robin Hood kind of quality to it that I'm like I guess but then uh, I strangely have found more in Thor two than I thought before yeah that one, that's next on my playlist yeah it's it um, it gets I mean people shit on that one all the time I'm like wait why it actually it has a lot of fun moments. It's it's funnier than Thor one by far. It's I would say it's mm. closer to Thor uh, to Ragnarok than it is to, to Thor one. I can't In remember term- who directed it. Um. Oh shoot. Oh the the, the person who the 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 woman who was going to direct uh, Wonder Woman I think, but then didn't and directed that oh. instead. So Patty Jenkins took over. She did some Game oh. of Thrones episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. Um, okay. I you know I, Thor one. It feels like. Uh, uh, a superhero movie of a different era. And yeah, I, I guess yeah. They were good, still good, stumbling good. around to find the, the aesthetic look. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And because I think that's what I didn't ever see it, but I think that's what happened to Ed Norton's Hulk. Also, was like uh, it just doesn't fit the tone of like the Iron Man movies. Yeah. And once they figured out how to make everything sort of fit that tone, then which is interesting though, because Tony Stark shows up at the end of that Edward Norton Hulk movie, like. So it's oh. def- the continuity is there. They just didn't want Ed Norton. They're like, well, let's. Well, I definitely should not get into this, but I really enjoyed the Ang Lee Hulk. So. <laughs> oh my God. Don't even bring that back up. I do think the last time I went back to it, I was like, dust off that turd. kind of sucks. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. And, it, and yet it, it had possibly could, what could have been the best Betty in um, Jennifer Connelly. And I'm like, oh God, wasted, wasted what? in that movie. Okay, am I wrong? Is Sam Elliott the general? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I love both those things. And Eric, I love Eric Bana. I mean, the, the places where it fails had nothing to do with the cast. You know, like, uh, I think. But um, <laughs> Well, no, you're right. You're right. I was just making sure. Okay. No, you know, that's, that's correct. It's, it's everything else. It's mutant dogs. It's, we, it's the panel, 
the panel transitions did not oh, work at all. Like I it just, ah, oh, it's it not. It was so corny, but I, I kind of liked it. And I just, and I didn't, actually, I will take that back. I didn't like Eric Bana. I thought he was, hmm. he could have, he would have made a great Captain America at that time. If this really? Was three. Okay. Yeah, he would have made a great Captain America. Um, he would have made a, a great number of things. I just, as Ed, Bruce Banner just didn't have that. I was such a Bill Bixby fan that, of the, you know, mm, the TV show yeah. in the 80s, that like, that was, for me, first and foremost, and Ruffalo, when he pops up, captures that. So it's like Ruffalo's doing the best Bill Bixby, Bixby impression. I was like, that's what I wanted, right there. I, right I there. agree. Ruffalo's definitely a better Hulk. I, you know. Norton I didn't even do it for me. Like, I love that Norton. I, that's the, yeah, that's the, uh, he's the outlier for me. Yeah. yeah. That movie, it's like, if Banna was in that movie, that might have been interesting. I might have liked mm. Banna. But if Ruffalo was in that movie, whoo. That would yeah. have been that would have been spectacular because that movie had a lot going for. It. I just didn't like I didn't like kind of how they designed the Hulk. Like I think the Ruffalo Hulk looks like yeah. they kind of figured out how to like render render that well. And, but you know, more time had passed, obviously. But yeah. I, just, I, don't, I just I think God, I, I wanted a Ruffalo solo movie so bad just because I wanted yeah. them to get sort of into the scenarios that the TV show produced, like where he has to kind of solve a problem and then you know move on. I mean, that they had of, that like super rich backstory of him, like from the first Avengers movie and Black Widow tracking him down. That would have been great yeah, to have seen yeah. what events led him to run away like You know that. what's that, too bad that is that great movie. it's too bad Disney Plus didn't exist prior to the event, the first yeah. Avengers movie, because they could have seeded that on Disney Plus without having, like they could have done like yeah. five little 15 minute vignettes uh, of, of Ruffalo prior to that. And you could even say, here's the really trippy thing. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Did you know that the Banna movie actually does, not, it's not part of continuity, but the end of the Banna movie is where the beginning of the, era, uh, the Ed Norton movie begin, uh, picks up. Like those two things, like oh, we find weird. Ed Norton in the same location on earth as Banna ended in. And so it's like, continuity doesn't match up. But if you think about it too, the mm. Norton movie doesn't start with his, like the the origin story is in the opening credits, but you could almost you could make a case that the Banner movie is part of continuity. As weird as that sounds, oh. they don't they don't disagree with each other necessarily. Well, that's not a bad way to take it, I guess. Um, I don't want that to be the case because I, I mean I, <laughs> the Angley movies. No, I want more giant shit, dogs. <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, just more, the presence, uh, Nick the presence Nolte of Nick. Or... Uh, no, no, no. That was going to say <laughs> even more than the giant dogs. And I'm, I, I'm a Nick Nolte fan on the, in the right circumstances that this was just like, why is he here? It's just not, I mean, they could have had the same movie and just taken him out. And it I, I, yeah, I would rarely say this, but th that might've been a place to sub in a Gary Busey. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, oh my Give God. <laughs> Because a, I would, I would have, I would have accepted him as his father more, for some reason. I just, he, I just, no, that might be interesting. No, you know who they I like really. I like in it. <laughs> I mean, I, if, if, if they're like, okay, everything else has to stay the same, but you have to pick, give us somebody better, we'll just change that. I, given the the time in which it was made, I might say Rutger Hauer. That could have been interesting, because it's as like the, oh, as the Nick Nolte. As the Nick Nolte character. Yeah. 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 I just, I, because I, I'm imagining that movie where he hunts Ice T, and like uh, Gary Busey's actually in that same movie. Um, this oh, group man. of like white assholes like hunt at Ice T. Like that's the very first thing mm. I ever saw Ice T in. Um, but like he's really, uh, uh, Rutger Hopper's really good in that. Like he's really menacing, but in like a, you, in a way you want to just keep watching him. Anyway. Wow. I yeah. Not to take us uh, down another crazy rabbit hole, but <laughs> oh, I also dude. recently watched Tank Girl for the first time. Speaking of Ice huh. T movies, where he plays Lori a kangaroo Petty's person. Tank Girl? Yeah. Okay. 
and Ice T has a kangaroo person in it. And whoa, it wait, well, explain that. How is does that work? Awful. I mean, it is. Ice T is a kangaroo person. Uh, yeah, there's a group of people that are mutants that have like some kangaroo DNA in them. But you're huh. looking at Ice T, and and you're just like, oh my god. So this is your. Uh, are we there yet? Right. This wow. is like. Yeah. You know, gangster rapper goes on to I don't know why I said rapper. I like pa rapper, the rapper. Um gangster <laughs> gangster rapper. Um Ice T. It's not a little less white, but that's okay. I, I mean it's like he's uh it reminds me of our friend Cooper uh when he met Kanye West saying, I love that single you did with Little Wayne. <laughs> then getting I forgot all about Kanye's that group. Oh my Little God. Wayne. Um, I think of that all the time, Cooper. <laughs> We're going to title this episode Little Wayne and All That Jazz. That's what this is going to be. Anyway, this is so random, but it does lead into what we were going to talk about today, which is another, like, what are you watching? What are you reading? What are you doing yes. during the yes. pandemic? So That was the reason I mentioned that is because our, you know, we had this sort of potluck style of doing episodes back in the yeah. day under the Todd and Taylor Show banner. And oh, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why I'm glad you brought the, the very, you know, episode one or zero maybe even up um, as, I forget the... Avengers yeah. Zero, or if that was one. I think it's anyway. Zero. Anyway, yeah. yeah, Zero. Okay, there we go. So this is a lot like that. This is as much, this is as rambly as that first episode. Maybe that'll be a good thing. I don't know. But let's, we had a couple categories of stuff, and this is not going to be a deep dive necessarily, but no. you and I haven't caught up in general on just sort of what we're, what we're up, you know, consuming and are interested in. So I think that's a good, good yeah. thing. We'll, we'll get through some comics, some TV, and then some board games and card games that you have as well, which I'm curious about. But I, uh, I'll start with comics appropriately and there's one that i actually i referenced to you uh because i was really digging it i sort of had this um this renaissance of comiXology on my ipad um over the last two weeks i'm just like loving you know a bunch of books that i kind of started with on my ipad and just kind of doing a lot of of uh cover flow or guided view i keep calling they're obviously making some kind of push to and i i mean i kind of support it i know i know it's the big bad like amazon but They've got a bunch of really good stuff on Unlimited right now. They do. You know, yeah. A bunch of great volume ones from Image. Um, and you should also mention what you discovered this like hidden feature that neither of us knew about just like yeah. last week. Thank you. For, that's a great point. So I was doing some digging. I hadn't ever seen this before. If you, if you access your Comixology account through the browser on like a, a laptop or just you know, on desktop view on, a, on your iPad, um, and you go to your, your manager books, there's an option for image titles. And as far as I can tell, only image titles, although I haven't gone through every publisher yet. Um, there's an option for you to download a backup of your, of your, your copy, just like they used to have on their website, which um, you know, they used to have a really good online image. store. Image, yeah, imagecomics.com had a, had a great online store for both physical and digital. And like, they gave you every iteration Every, you know, every format of the digital copy that you buy. So it made it really great to, to load on in, onto any device and, and back it up, et cetera. Uh, and they shut that down, sadly, a couple of years ago. But I, that, must be, that must have been part of the deal is like, because they intentionally said, hey, if you buy all your digital stuff on Comixology, that's where we're sending you. I never bothered to see if there were any bells and whistles that came with that. And this is apparently one of them. So you still get that yeah. same functionality. So I actually went through all my image titles recently and just downloaded all my backups just to have them. Um, I- you know, it was really cool. I had sent you a message. I was like, I've never seen this. This is neat. And I don't know that um, it's actually been a while since I've checked in with this app, but the other comic reading app I have is Panels. 
Yeah. Um, so I would say maybe try that out with some of these backups and see if you like that experience. That's more. a good idea. Yeah. Because um, when, because you and I used to hype the image like dollar sale that they would have. Yes. Where they would just put a bunch yes. of number one single issues, digitals sale. for a dollar. And you and I would just go through and, and you know, buy like the whole catalog that was there. <laughs> so I had all these CBZs or CBRs or whatever, the compressed comic book file. And I found panels as a result of like trying, you know, what's the app I can read these on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, that's very cool. cool. I, yeah. I've been doing the same thing with comiXology. So, uh, you, yeah, you had called out this title to me. Yes, so back and to I the immediately book. downloaded yeah. it. Yeah, and because I, I, I had gotten it uh, through my sort of at the peak of my my comicsology binge, um, I grabbed uh, Wolf Volume One by Eilish Cott and uh, a few different artists. I uh, I grabbed that because I'd always seen. And I'm a big Eilish Cott fan. Um, and he, what else has that person done? Oh my God, he's let me just pull up his biography. Oh, sorry, yeah, I didn't look at it. Well, I just, no, 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 I, I just can, blindly I, downloaded. Wolf I just don't want to miss anything. <laughs> no, I just don't want to miss anything. Um, so he's done Material, which is another series I'll talk about uh, real oh, quick. Oh yeah. Um, he's okay. done Zero, which is probably his most prestigious work. Like, uh, really great, really, really good, uh, good series. He did um, Days of Hate, uh, and then the New World, which is currently happening. Generation Gone, which is a limited series. Um, probably my least favorite thing he's done. And then I'm missing a big one. Hang tight. I'm going to all of his comics. And I was just looking through our catalog because I think we've talked about material. I think you reviewed we have, one yeah. of the volumes before. We mentioned um, uh, we mentioned it was a limited it was a limited series, really, really good limited series. Oh, on the surface, of course. Uh that's oh, just couldn't that one sounds familiar as well. Um illustrated by Langdon uh Langdon Foss, by the way, if you're interested. That was a really good little limited series. So he's a really great, really prolific um writer it gets really heady um and i had seen wolf uh a few times that was his i think his his book that came right after material and actually material uh i reread that as well uh on on comiXology i i oh cool i purchased that as first single issues then the trade paperback and i was just like man i wonder if it's there's uh, material's a very heady book too and and you know you gotta be really paying attention to really soak it in and i'm just i keep uh, kept feeling like i wanted to give it another you know just another go just to see if, if i could you know having you haven't know, read it three or four times so now let's just see what it's on you know like on comiXology uh actually probably my favorite format because you get to really mm. focus there's so much jammed in each panel you want to really focus in and not get distracted and like he's got a lot of footnotes and references a lot of very interesting things material is a lot like the movie crash crash yeah crash where there's different storylines that don't like little vignettes, actually not crash. What's the uh, drug one with Michael Douglas that gives you like a different color for every location. Um, oh my gosh. You know what I'm talking about? I've won like an Oscar. Anyway, it's Benicio <laughs> Del Toro's and I'm sure people are like, Oh my God. Um, Michael Douglas. Oh, traffic. Michael du traffic. Thank you. Like it's a lot like traffic where you get different, uh, different stories that are, you know, different, you know, differently stylized. So it's really great. Um, actually advertised Wolf a lot. One thing to note about Ailish Cod is that he works with really great illustrators, especially on the covers. Um, oftentimes his, his covers are employ really, really nice graphic design. The material series, owning those uh, as physical single copies is a, a really nice collector's item because each cover is so wonderfully, you know, just a wonderful piece of graphic art as well as just a comics cover. Um, and Zero does the same thing. Zero, they all sort of fit together, but they're, you can almost collect those just as, as art pieces, uh, you know, for the covers alone. So he has a tendency to do that. The Wolf covers looked amazing too. So I thought, okay, this will be interesting. And I grabbed, um, grabbed volume one, loved it, and then got to volume two, which is also, both of these were available on um, 
Comixology Unlimited, grabbed volume two, did not like it at all, yeah. <laughs> sadly. Um, and I think it's because the art changed considerably. Like he and, he, and there may have been a gap in between, um, uh, between the releases. Actually, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get back to it so I can call out the artists here in just a second. Um, okay. But it's, it did, you know, the, and I'll talk about the story in just a second, but like the, um, the art did change. So on the first one, volume one, it was Ricardo Lopez, sorry, Ortiz, Ricardo Lopez Ortiz and Lee Luffridge. Um, and then he had, uh, Tom Muller did a few covers uh, as well as Ricardo Lopez Ortiz. So great, great art from him. And on volume, I'm sorry, that was volume two. Ha, volume one. My bad. My volume one was Matt Taylor and Lee Lof, uh, Lofridge. So I loved Matt Taylor's art. Was not as big a fan mm. of Ricardo Lopez Ortiz. And not that what Ricardo did was bad. It just did not fit the aesthetic that was very wonderfully established in volume one. And there was sort of a simplicity to it. A, a you know, kind of a, a, you know, this sort of digital kind of aspect to it that I sort of liked. And then the second one gets very, you know, the, you know volume two's art gets very sort of rough and, you know, almost like, um, what's that other series? Uh, our friend, dude, <laughs> our friend dude does not like the art on um, a die. No, oh. no, die. Um, and so like, it looks a lot like die, but not even that style. It just, it, it has a different tone and the book had really settled in on that, that original art. So I liked volume one. I didn't really get through volume two. Um, wow. I don't know where, where you, you wound up uh, on your side. I never finished volume one. Um, the story never really hooked me. Uh, so, but it was, you know, I, it was a, an interesting thing to check out for sure. <laughs> and just for those of you wondering, the story is, is um, uh, it's kind of really cool. It's about this guy, this African-American guy in Los Angeles who might be a werewolf, might be a wizard, hard to tell. Um, and he is engaged in this, in this sort of world of other supernatural creatures and things, um, vampires especially, but it's, it's under the veneer of sort of a modern day grungy Los Angeles. Like Ailish Cott really likes Los Angeles and LA and just kind of the mystique of it and kind of debt. He really leans into that aesthetic a lot. Uh, he's been based out there for several years. His very, very first work, uh, very, very first work, if I don't, I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to find the name of it. Uh, it's all about Los Angeles. So he's really delves into that. And I think, again, going back to the art, volume one really, I think represented what I imagined his version of Los Angeles to be. Volume two does not. That's hmm. where it arrived. And they well, stopped and it after volume two. So sadly it's not even continuing. And it's one of those terrible things that we've, you know, we, we talk about all the time of the, I mean, it's a recurring theme of like uh, the art sometimes matters more than the story because yeah. that, it feels like that's the thing that can pull you out of the story. Um, whereas it sounds the like the art to you, you didn't quite dig in volume one even. Is that a, I, I think the thing for me was um, after about a quarter of the way through when I was like, I still don't know like heads or tails of the story. Mm -hmm. I, I just, just didn't want to invest any more into it fair enough um but i also kind of had that peak ahead which was around that time was when we were texting about it and you were in deep into volume two i think yeah yeah <laughs> trying to and, and yeah and, and i was like okay well if we if we dedicate an episode to it if you think volume one's worth it then i'll keep going but yeah. if we're just gonna dip in then um i'm you know and if we're gonna do a like this, a potpourri episode, then I'm yeah, gonna yeah. tip out of this book. So yeah, that's no, no worries. But I would, I would encourage people if you want something new that's interesting, at least for you know some of the story, um, and if you can get through both volumes and you love it still, great. I, I know volume two ends with sort of a 
more story in mind and that it, I don't think it's, it's going to continue oh. sadly. So there is that, there is that canceled early sort of feel to it that, you know, maybe disappointing at some point, but volume one's a great little, great little ride. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about, you had on here, mercy and unsacred on your reading. I finally, mercy uh, three specifically. we, we did an episode on which you can hear me in real time, learn that mercy number three was out. Um, you know, because we did an episode on um, uh, decorum and mercy. Yeah. And I <laughs> had only read issue two of each. Uh, so read number three. It's, uh, yes, there's sort of an ending to an arc in it. Um, I didn't, I, uh, I you know, I, we don't do this show to like pick on, on books. Oh, of course. We talk about stuff we love. I, I still love the art. I still, you know, still love uh, Mirka Andolfo's other work. Um, uh, I kind of liked where it wrapped up, but I'm at that weird stage of like, am I going to keep buying the single issues of this or am I just going to wait till trade comes out? Mm. Um, so I'm on the fence about that. I think just because of this, you know, the state of the world, I'll keep buying the single issues as mm-hmm. they come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, and I don't know, then, then I'm presented with that difficult choice of like, okay, do I want the piece of art in my house just because her artwork is gorgeous? Yeah. But yeah. I did go back. I had mentioned on that podcast that Mirka Andolfo had been sort of simultaneously this year publishing this other book called Unsacred. I had grabbed um, like three single issues of it. It was a six issue limited series. Uh, I finally just like sat down and read that whole thing. And especially, and right after reading Mercy was like, okay, I gotta, I want to go back to some of her other work and um, you know, dig in. And it's another like creator owned, you know, uh, um, like she wrote it and drew it clearly wrote it and published it in Italian. She's Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was translated into English because there's a whole lot of background stuff. If there's like a TV on or a radio or something, they just usually did not bother to translate. If there are words on the screen, they're in Italian, you know, okay. um, unsacred is, a uh, like, a I don't know whether to call it a parody or a, a satire. Or something. I don't know. It's, um, it's like a sexual farce. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to call it about. And a, like a, some, this is not explained at all. There's just angels and devils on this world. Okay. And uh, it's about an angel falling in love with the devil. Uh, the angel. Um, is it uh, the devil or a devil? A devil. Like okay. there's a whole uh, species of devils and there's and a whole species of angels. And the angel is, uh, I think her name is Angela and she's virginal. And then um, she falls in love with this devil. That's like the singer in a punk rock band and alludes to his, uh, you know, promiscuous, like rock and roll lifestyle kind of ways. But, um, and it's told sort of in vignettes. Like you almost feel like it's just strips, you know, like a comic strip of like, the, yeah. you know, there's just a couple pages and, and something will wrap up. And yes, it plays into the rest of the, the book or the series or whatever, but it's just a scene from their life. And it's, um, it's weird. It's like, as my, I loved unnatural so much. I feel like I'm almost casting around trying to find like what else of hers I can consume, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, but it is this, uh, it, it, that's why I call it like a farce because it's clear that it's like, we're using a really well-worn trope of like, you know, the, the virginal, um, woman who won't sleep with 
her boyfriend before marriage. In this case, it's because she's an angel. You know, you learn that there's like also this weird stuff in her background about like her mom was, um, you know, uh, her, her father left and her mom always blamed men for all these problems. And, you know, it's like, but you even at that, it's like a little too deep. And it, it was strange because there's this book by Adam Warren, who um, I uh, really liked a series of his called The Dirty Pair, which was he adapted a um, manga like to an English speaking audi audience. And, you know, he re he like re reimagined it, redrew it. I think I don't I don't know if there's an actually a Japanese uh, Dirty Pair. I think there was. And then he just like did a version of it. Um, I think for Dark Horse and I thought it was cool and like kind of zany and stuff. Um, and then he did this series uh, called Empowered where he, he like his point was, I'm, I'm going to do a parody of like pinup superhero books, mm -hmm. but then, it, but then the whole series just ended up being like uh, a bunch of pinups and stuff. And it was kind of like, I don't, I don't know where to put this man, because I feel like you're, you know, he's like writing on the page, like, wouldn't it be sexist if like all our clothes got torn, but then he's showing that happen and you're going, weird. well, now I feel like you're being kind of sexist. I don't, <laughs> mm. and then the whole series, there just wasn't much to it besides the, that joke that just kept getting done. And that's sort of how I felt about Unsacred was like, okay, I got it all in one issue and you know, same thing. It's like real pinup y art. It's Mirka's like real colorful style. And, you know, it has elements of manga and not, it's not like a superhero looking book, you know, but it's, I, I get it. And to have six issues of it was uh, a little um, uh, excessive. So, yeah. but I'm, but I, I'm reporting this today like, hey, I checked it out. It's on Comixology. Download an issue if you like her art, you know, check it out. Well, you're sort of our resident Mirka and Dolphal expert. <laughs> It's, you have to you have to kind of consume it all and report back. Well, I'm glad you do. I, I, I like our analogy of uh, bands that we were talking about on the last episode. And like, you know, when that band puts out like their concept album and you're like, oh, I like the band or this concept album is a little too much or something. Yeah. And, um, so that's been kind of bouncing through my head with both Mercy and Unsacred. And a lot of these books that I put on our list today were just things that uh, I, I, you know, I just sat down uh, a couple afternoons and, and thought, you know what, I'm just going to download something from Unlimited. I'm going to start reading it and just see if it hooks me. You know, so it was stuff that had been on my wish list or something that someone had reported to us. Um, but I also uh, uh, tried out, I guess is the way to say it, a comic called Birthright and a comic called Folklords that I think our friend Drew had recommended. Yeah, to I've been circling Folklords as well. And, uh, and then American Jesus. And um, of those, uh, Folklords was definitely the most intriguing, but it was another where I thought, oh, just not, whatever it is, the issue to issue thing was, was a struggle for me. Okay. And I, I felt like I'm, I may need to just get a collected edition or something. Yeah. But the art's yeah. really charming. And um, I, to be honest with you, I didn't get far enough into it to where even some of the like early mysteries were solved so uh. <laughs> i don't exactly know why certain things are presented in a certain way but it's kind of uh you know it's i mean it is like a medieval sort of fantasy thing yeah um story so is birthright um birthright is about this kid that goes uh missing it turns out he's been like pulled into this other dimension where he goes on to have this 
crazy swords and sorcery life. And then he returns to his modern day, you know, normal dimension as an adult, but the family to the family, it's only been a couple months. It's kind of um, like Jumanji, but uh, the rest of the world is not it. It's like when I Robin Williams so. comes back out, he's all old. And he's like, he thinks it's... Oh, that's what happens? I've never seen any it, of the well, anyway, Jumanjis. I, I have a question <laughs> out of the game about Birthright. And I want somebody who reads, who has read Birthright, uh, who's read Birthright as a series, who's a fan, to let me know, does, it get, does the premise get tired? Because it's a fairly mm. long... It's an ongoing series, and there's been several trade paperbacks. And I'm just kind of like, is... Because that's an interesting, compelling concept, but does it become like played out? You know, as, as me you and I'm not. And again, I'm taking all of this at just like sort of face value. Like, hey, it's cool to dip in and like see what you like. And um, for me, like, I really like the art. Yeah. Um, I think once I understood the premise, I think what I was looking for was more of a. Um, oh, how do I want to put it? Like, like an '80s movie thing where that would happen. Uh, I. It's one of those '80s movies that I haven't seen. You know, big. <laughs> no, big. I have actually seen that one. No. But one of those Flight of the Navigators or oh, yeah, whatever yeah. things where like you know you feel like oh the kid gets sucked into this other dimension and then they're going to have this whole adventure and they get thrown back out. It is big in that sense that he comes back. Flight of the, Na- Flight, of the Nav- uh, Flight of the Navigator. He he's the same age, but the rest of the world has grown up. So it's the opposite. Oh of- right, right, right. And so I I think I wanted more whimsy in it. Okay. Which is a weird thing. Um, because Folklords, I felt like, had the whimsy, and I still sort of checked out of that one. But like I said, I, you know, sometimes you feel like, I, I just got to have the volume, you know? Like, just give me the, the whole story. Yeah. Um, Folklords was, is the one of those that I am most likely to return to. American Jesus also did not stick with me. Really? Oh, my yeah. God. American Jesus. If you imagine God as Kurt Russell, American Jesus sells itself. <laughs> Like every t- and I swear to you that they model the God drawing off of Kurt Russell in <laughs> Guardians Two. Like um, that. Uh, by the way, Guardians Two also holds up incredibly well. I re- oh, rewatched that yeah. recently. I was like, oh my god, I, this is this is just as good. Um, but no, I, you, the the way he talks to the uh, to Satan in that book, and it's kind of like just kind of his matter of fact. Oh well, hell, and just like you just imagine Kurt Russell's voice coming out of that guy. And you and our friend Drew had had like this text conversation about it and you were sharing screenshots and I was like, oh, I got to check this book out. Yeah. And um, there was, to me, that it was, uh, uh, I didn't really connect with the art. And, and honestly, I know this sounds so dumb, but I, it was like I had a problem with Mark Miller being the one telling the story. Really? I, you know, um, I appreciated what they were doing um, uh, because it's, it starts out focused on... Um, uh, a young girl who is immaculately like she is, she is with child immaculately. So wait a um, second. Are we talking about two different books? Am I not talking about the same book you're talking about? Are you not? <laughs> I, I'm so confused. You're talking about American Jesus, right? I thought I was boy. Now we're going to, we're going to learn something on the podcast. Oh right my now. God. I'm talking about second coming. I totally, oh, right, totally right. different book. Um, so if you're confused, that's also a great little series, by the way. I okay. haven't really bring so delve into it more on a future podcast. That's what I was actually looking for. <laughs> okay. I mean, yes. Yeah. Because I haven't, I've heard of American Jesus too. So I am not familiar with that series at all, other than just sort of the top level, you know, summaries. Um, I, I love it when I can learn something in the more, like on, on I'm a I'm so glad because there are probably show. people, people were probably listening going, 
the guy God sounds like Kurt Russell. What is he smoking? Oh, I was so confused because I was like, I, I don't, I had, I didn't no, no, meet, no. you know, I didn't meet Second God coming. Yet, but there was that second coming is the story about Jesus coming back to Earth um, and being completely naive and like the, there's this, there that world's equivalent of Superman has to basically take Jesus under his wing and like show him around and like show him how to be a hero because God is just completely disillusioned with him. He wants him to basically grow up and you know, grow up hair. Um, Cause the Jesus of the book is like very, you know, kind of very much a true hippie, just like love okay. and peace and all this stuff, which I appreciated. Um, but then the God is basically portrayed as Kurt Russell. <laughs> wow. This is a vastly different book. Yeah. American yeah, yeah. Jesus is um, about a young uh, Latino woman, like a teenager who, okay. who who you know is um yeah pre- with child and uh um and it's but it it has some uh jonathan hickman elements of like there's a an angel basically that protects her and tells her what's going on Ooh, that um, is very hickmon hickmonian well it gets it gets better and then of course there's like a big conspiracy that's like no there's this worldwide conspiracy that will shut down you know is out there to like destroy this new like this American Jesus that is prophesied or whatever. And so um, some, you know, some stuff goes down. So it's like this, it's like, it's uh, like a black Monday murder sort of thing. Like Ooh. this thing that sounds like it's a uh, uh, magical power thing that he describes. You soon learn is like literally like a bunch of, you know, agents. Hmm. Um, but I, despite all that, I just, it just didn't connect with me. And like, I can't get it out of my head that like this is the guy that, you know, made up hit girl. And I was like, Oh, I just can't, you know, <laughs> I can't with this book. Uh, so um, yeah. And, but it's, again, I'm, I'm loving this opportunity. It was like, I felt refreshed, like, Oh, I don't have to get through the whole book. Just, just, just check out what I want. And so yeah, I'm, yeah. I've got on deck, I've got bitter root, um at least the first issue or two are on unlimited and um this uh series called spara which i believe is another fantasy sort of thing the art looks very cool and then low which you and i both wanted to check out i think you've read it Um, i've read a little of it yeah and it's one of those ones where i got issue one from a dollar sale on image and just never went farther in the series further we'll talk about series. that we'll talk about that yeah. after you've gotten a little further in. i've got some i've yeah. got some thoughts i don't want to i don't want to taint your appetite one way or the other well that's kind of my uh my my deck of uh comic books but you you had something on our list that i am totally unfamiliar with i want to give a quick shout out to a, a series that has had three volumes so far on image called injection um uh you may remember it it was pretty pretty ongoing there for i would say at least three years Two, three years. Um, probably trying to pull up the team right now. I should have done this earlier. Great little series. It's wonderful kind of contemporary sci-fi. Very, very Doctor Who-y. Very conspiratorial to some degree. It sounds really familiar because um, it's like a Warren Ellis book, right? Yep. It's Warren Ellis. And it's about, basically imagine if an AI, uh, you know, a group of like the smartest people created an AI that escaped into nature and melded with, you know, sort of the, the fairy folk kind of network. Um, and, and was able to wreak a certain kind of havoc. Like the people that created it would have to try to find a way to stop it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, Declan Shalvey and Warren Ellis, um, you know, co-creators on that book, but it's a lovely little book, uh, three volumes. Uh, each volume focuses more on one of the team. 
so it's like this it's this like black ops team of just geniuses that are brought together you know in different fields um i think there's five of them so ideally there would have been five volumes total they stopped at three and they stopped at a pretty crucial plot point um and sadly have not continued it so i i worry this is a lot like wolf where they're we're just not going to get anymore um Mm. but with warren ellis did i read right did he have some problems recently too it seems like he's, he's been targeted in some sort of some derogatory way somehow so i'm sure read more on that i I just remember seeing like his name and sort of a gotcha kind of moment i don't know so there may all that to be said we may not get more of injection but what's there is delightful um volume two focuses on a completely different character who's really fun um and again it's got a doctor who vibe there's actually some doctor who homage uh stuff that happens in the the third volume with the main character um it's got that kind of vibe it's got an x-files vibe um i would say x-files meets doctor who meets silence of the lambs and you'll have you'll have the series if that makes any sense whatsoever um but i really I, i'm shouting it out because i want it to continue somehow if they can you know if they can get it going again that would be great there's a lot of image series that i love that just stop dead in their tracks eric Stevenson yeah. is the creator of two of them and he's the editor of image so it's like wow he's not even he's not even gonna give himself a shot it's just like must not have been selling well i guess interesting i wonder yeah. um yeah uh and so is injection on unlimited right now or is it just something Ooh, good question I think, out? I think volume one is yeah volume right. one is um i ended up grabbing it also on comiXology though that hmm. in, in in my binge this is one of those i was like man this works just as well digitally I, I like it physically too but i think there's there's something cinematic about the way the panels pop out and you get that more when you get the the guided view so i definitely would cool. check it out on either my particular preference is uh, is digital. Um, yeah, wanna... I've got I I don't some of the other unlimited titles. I just I I don't know why this just popped in my head. <laughs> something about something you said, but um, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl was one that I Ooh. just recently downloaded. That I've um, like I've read a couple of things with her that were pretty off the wall. Um, the Great Lakes Avengers. I was following very briefly. <laughs> I gotta um, get that's just was... that just that idea, the Great Lakes Avengers. <laughs> but uh our friend uh PJ Perez had he and I did a uh, an episode a while ago, and that was the book he brought to discuss. And um so that volume is out. Uh and then this X-Men run where I think it is just called X-Men, and it's like from 2013, where Storm and Rogue and Jubilee, it's just the women. And I don't know what the larger world was doing. This may have been after Magento, Magento, Magenta, you know, you know, Cyan and Magento, um, <laughs> Magneto, like killed everybody. Yeah. I don't know what was going on at the time, but um, it was Magento one was, was the X-Men that they send the Great Lakes <laughs> Avengers to go. There's like, you know what? You guys <laughs> oh go handle God. that. We're going to. We're gonna handle our, you know, the real mutants like you know, Apocalypse, yeah. Magneto. <laughs> yeah, we gotta <laughs> CMYKs. <laughs> That's right. Destroying downtown. Uh, That's like the Art House <laughs> Avengers. Like, get to go deal with Magento. It's like, hey, it's like David. It's like David Byrne, Peter Gabriel. It's like the Art House Avengers, and it's like you go deal with deal with Magento. That's yeah. a great limited little comic to do like the art house of like a team of like really like quirky you know guys I, who are still alive. i definitely want to see cyan yellow magenta and black going after it's like you know it's like the ben, the ben days david byrne annie Leibovitz, keep peter gabriel it's like this is you know it's like they assemble to stop some sort of art crime that's going on that would be 
that could be a great that's a, that's an oh. idea we're stealing anybody out there who wants to do it and just let's free copy yeah we should we should turn to what to our next uh <laughs> well i just want to give topics i want to give two we're going to shift to i just had some tv recommendations um there's a show uh, you you and i are both a jk simmons fan um i might be more so and i would gladly argue the point with you but there's a yeah. little show on, uh, actually a movie on Hulu, produced by Hulu, exclusive on Hulu called Palm Springs. I remember hearing about it briefly last year, thinking it was kind of interesting. They teased the, the idea sort of. Also stars Andy Samberg and, um, oh my God, I can never pronounce her name. This has been like pushed to me for, I'm so glad to hear you talk about it because I've been seeing it for the last week and have not checked it out. Um, fantastic. Oh God, I'm just looking up her name now. I can never pronounce her, remember her name. I don't remember. It's, it's cool in Italian. It's hard. Kristen Milioti. Um, she, she's in it too. You may oh, recognize her from- Christina uh, Milioti, yeah. Yeah, you may uh, recognize her from Wolf right? of Wall Street and the um, Black Mirror episode, that Star Trek Black Mirror episode. Uh, yeah, that is such a good- McAllister, whatever the hell it is. She's been Black in a lot Mirror. of stuff. She's a great actress. Yeah. It's a stellar cast. You also got Peter Gallagher. You also got um, a bunch of other- You got the guy who plays Superman on the CW, Tyler Hoch- Hochland. Um, just, it's a- just killer little cast it is exactly if they you remember how there used to be a class of movies especially in the 80s and 90s just a, a wonderful little 90 minute not rom-com but kind of a rom-com and kind of a drama and kind of a comedy too you know it's just is it a, of, a chatting around the coffee shop kind of movie like yeah i feel like bridget fonda was in a million of those yeah and like you know, any number of tom hanks movies in the <laughs> 90s you know they don't really make them anymore because they kind of cost you know 20 million and you could always make you know make 50 or 60 off them they they just kind of kept churning them out this is what we would those would be if they still made them like if they kept making them like this it just it has that exact same tone but it's you know it looks like it's been shot today but it's just it's it's yeah. delightful here's the best pitch i can give you this is sort of what i worked with in my own mind um imagine if the movie groundhog day started when de- uh when um uh what the hell is what, what's the what's the character's name phil what, what, Phil, thank you. When, imagine starting Groundhog Day on Phil's like 900th iteration of the day. Like the movie opens. <laughs> and then he pulls Phil? and and he yeah, Honest? exactly. And it's just and we see him like he's just jaded. It's like he's just you know he's trying all this weird he just he knows the world so well that it's almost become just just benign. And imagine him pulling Andy McDowell into the repeat with him. Like that's and maybe one or two other people he pulls in with him. That's the the conceit of this whole thing. It's it all takes place at a wedding in in Palm Springs. J.K. Simmons is delightful, although not he's more of like a background player. He's not the main you know main guy in this. But Andy Samberg does incredibly well. Like he's so fun. He's really mm. figured out a nuanced way of acting that I just love. Um, you know, because he always used to kind of be really arch and you know still kind of an SNL character. Like he's really yeah. He's really delightful yeah. in this. He's got, he plays it just right. It almost feels like the role was written for Ryan Reynolds, the way some of the dialogue, you know, just kind of pops off. It's like they kind of had him in mind. And then Andy Samberg actually does a better job of it. So I'm glad they, I'm glad they stuck to this, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's lovely. Cool. Just go watch it. It's on Hulu. Um, no, I, I like that recommendation. Cause yeah, it's been, Hulu's been pitching that to me for a week. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just remember seeing a, a brief article with a brief interview with JK Simmons. And I'm like, what is he promoting? What? What is this? And I just, mm. yeah, again, barely remember seeing something about it last yeah. year. Bump, Another quick bump, recommendation. Bump, bump, bump. Yeah, yeah. Another quick recommendation is um, uh, I just happened to be watching a little movie called The Wizard uh, earlier today, uh, starring Fred Savage okay. and Jenny Lewis <laughs> and the other kid. I forget his name, but he's a classic Jenny Lewis movie. 
Oh my God. One of the only Jenny Lewis movies for that matter. But yeah, no, it's, it is in 1989. It's the greatest commercial that Nintendo ever made. Cause it's yeah. like, I, you know, clearly sponsored by them in a big, bad way, but strangely enough has a heartwarming story that is the through line of the whole thing. It's I, that's I, so I, funny. Cause I asked you about it before we started recording because you would put a photo on Instagram. Yes. And I thought it was like a reboot of The Wizard or something as a uh, TV show. And I was going, you have got to be kidding me. They kept the power glove in it. Like, I, I was so... Well, tell them, tell them what the picture was. It was of Lucas uh, putting the power, like literally having the power glove on, cocking his head and saying the line, I love the power glove. It's so bad. Like, that is that is one of the most classic moments. Well, the whole movie is just chock-a-block of just weird, classic little moments like that. Oh, I'm I'm so glad that's what it was and not a reboot of it's this. It's the pre it is I will argue it is as every bit as as fun and quotable as Goonies. And I think it's it's sort of the lost like if mm. I not as many people saw it clearly, but I think anybody who loved Goonies would love The Wizard. It just and it has it has such a loyal like 1989-1990 kind of aesthetic like it's it takes place in utah nevada and california it's got you know it's about kids literally hitchhiking their way across the states like no no troubles whatsoever remember, just remember like how easy it was just to kind of be a free-floating kid in those days like this just has all Aren't of that all picked up by clowns and vans and being ritually murdered or something yeah no none of that that's <laughs> not even a concern like they literally make it to, to, to los angeles without any problem whatsoever um, you know, it's just the whole thing is just delightful. Anyway, go watch that. And that's uh, funny. Pour back, yeah, yeah. But you had some card, you had some board and card games that you wanted to name check too, and I'm just I'm curious about. Yeah, I, I'm not a big, up- I'm not a big card, you know, board gamer. Only just because I don't have a deep enough community here to, you know, that I like hanging out with to play these things. So it's sure. it kind of takes two to to tango on these things. So I, I'm curious. Well, I'm not really either. Um, it's I mean, it would be hard for me to claim that as a a hobby of mine but i certainly appreciate that i have other friends for whom it is a hobby and i'm able to enjoy games with them yeah um and uh so one of the things that uh some of those gaming friends um who we've been doing a lot of games like we and and this i thought this would be a cool thing to just sort of quickly brush over because you and I had talked on the last episode. I asked if you and Rachel were doing like movie nights with friends or anything. Um, because I've pretty much been playing a hell of a lot of like RPGs online with friends. And um, anyway, so a group of us have also been playing board games um, and uh, board games that are, have been ported to steam or iOS. Wait, and What? So in a lot of cases, like it's an app, but it is it is one born from a board game, not sort of vice versa. You know, it's not it's like the board game came first. So like like the like uh, Monopoly, and you have the app, and you just play it on Steam. Well, right, yeah, yeah. Because um, you're probably not talking Monopoly so much as maybe some deep like Settlers of Catan yes. or something. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah, my my friend uh, Chris is a he is a true hobbyist in this area, um, and uh, you know, like always there in the Kickstarter, um, doing all the expansions for it and whatever. Wow. Um, but one of the barriers to entry is always like, well, you know, this this person that owns the game 
<laughs> has to sort of, you know, it's like, it's like running a session of D and D or something, you know, he's got to mm-hmm. be like, okay, I got to coordinate five people coming over. It's going to take me so long to set up this board. Cause they have these giant boards now with miniatures and cards and dice. And like, you know, it's like a whole huge thing. Um, so I, this is, you know, one of those weird positive things uh, to come out of this forced social distancing, which is, um, and right now, currently, like if you were listening to this on June 15th, 2020, or July 15th, 2020, um, uh, uh, app stores are having crazy sales on a bunch of these games. And they're down to like four this. or five bucks on this. So I, uh, um, and also like we've plugged this before, but like go to Humble Bundle, uh, and I think it's a .org. Um, but it's a great place. They, they do a good mix of like geeky interest things. Mm. And so a month and a half ago or so, this uh, board game and all around game creator studio called Asmodee had a humble bundle. So it was like for 12 bucks, I got all these steam games and I uh, don't really care for the steam experience, especially after spending all day on a laptop. I don't really want to open up a laptop in the evening. Um, so I was really excited to find a lot of these iOS apps are really cheap and I can put them on my iPad and that's how we've been. So we'll get on like a, you know, Google hangout or something so that we can all hear each other talking. And then you're all loading up whatever you prefer steam or the iOS app. And you're playing a, a board game, like a virtual board game. Um, and my, definitely my new favorite is this game called terraforming Mars, Ooh. um, which is, uh, uh, and especially because I've also gotten into the expanse <laughs> over the past few months. <laughs> and so um, it's just very difficult to describe these uh, very intense hobbyist gamers um, would probably have a pithy way of describing this as like a resource management game or a worker placement game or whatever those things mean. Uh, I, I'm it's kind of like, a, it's like a, it's like a sim game. It's like sim earth, but Mars. It's yeah. I mean, you're, um, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're developing Mars. You're trying to terraform Mars. You all have a certain uh, company that you are representing. So that company has like uh, special uh, victory conditions, you know, that you want to meet, you know, maybe you have to, for every plant you, uh, uh, you know, every greenery you plant, every hexagon of greenery, maybe you get two victory points, whereas everyone else just gets one victory point or whatever. But it's, um, I've just found it really cool. The music is really cool. Uh, I love the app interface of it. Um, And it's given me a chance to check out this game that would, you know, probably takes four or five hours to play in person and has all of these mechanical elements, which I'm sure are very cool. But that's always, you know, that's just a huge barrier to entry. And I got this app for like eight bucks or something. Um, And then, and then my second favorite from that is uh, Lords of Waterdeep, which is, uh, although licensed to um, Wizards of the Coast, like Waterdeep is a Dungeons and Dragons setting. Um, it's doesn't, I mean, it's like, yes, stuff in it are, these, there are names and, you know, uh, monsters and stuff from Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but it, you don't have to know anything like that. It's just, it is very much a worker placement game like Catan, where every round you are moving a worker to some place in the city or they're called agents. And, you know, you're, tr- you're trying to uh, fill up this card with a certain number of resources so you can get some points or whatever. But again, it's like, I really love the implementation of this on iOS. I think it's very cool. So this week we are checking out uh, Raiders of the North Sea, which is my friend Chris's, uh, I believe he said it is his favorite game of the past few years. Hmm. Um, and the app is super cool looking. And dare I say, I think it looks better than the actual board game. 
Um, so I've only played the like tutorials and demo rounds, but it's, it just looks cool. And, and then again, I think all of these are on sale right now in the app store, both Android and iOS for, you know, very cheap. Um, yeah. And I've, uh, you know, um, if you just want a fun card game to play with kids, I've been playing a lot of exploding kittens, which I think is, what is hilarious that? on iOS. So <laughs> the guy who created the oatmeal, yep. um, created exploding kittens, which at the time was like the highest Kickstarter in history, you know, really, uh, it's a card game. It's very much like a Uno sort of, um, you know, you're, you're trying to avoid the exploding kittens in the deck. And so you have a handful of cards that has like a, you're always looking for the diffuse card, you know, so that you, if you draw the exploding kitten, you can diffuse it, but eventually you'll, you'll play that and you won't have one in your hand. So you have to skip your turn. You have to do reverses, but then it just gets wacky and silly and crazy and stuff. And the, the app for it is hilarious. Um, and, uh, it's relatively cheap. I think it was like five bucks and then you can, you know, buy extra decks or something if you want to play with fancier cards or whatever. Um, but uh, my niece and nephew have really loved it and I do play it with adults and it's just a lot of fun. And <laughs> that's, the, that's the last one I wanted to plug. So, um, nice. but uh, yeah, all the exploding kitten ones, uh, they, I, I, they're, they're a whole series of games from these guys now. Um, Bears versus babies. That's another uh, great favorite of mine. And, some friends that I play a lot of card games with um, uh, and um, uh, throw throw burrito is a new one. Oh, you've got crabs. That's the one I was trying to think of uh, another um, awesome group game to play. So these just the but names anyway. alone are, are worth. I know. I mean, it's just that Matthew Inman is. <laughs> and, and I'm so glad he moved hilarious. on to something else. Cause I had worried. I didn't, hadn't heard much from the oatmeal. I know recently. he's actually like, still publishing books. It's that's, crazy. That's fast. Well, it's, it's not as it. it's not as in vogue as it was maybe you know five ten years ago. And so, well, I'm um you know I'm glad he's up to something successful. That's great. I was really looking forward to going to Burning Cat, um, which was their first like it was like going to be a one or two day convention in Portland, mm-hmm. um, this year, and it was one of those early events to just you know pandemic hit and they yeah. you know, pulled the plug instantly. But I you know I love the idea of like these are stupid games like they're just stupid and funny. And you're going to put your phone down and just play these games. And that sounded so appealing. And, you know, everything that's gone on has almost reversed my thinking about all of this, where now mm-hmm. I'm really appreciating having the iPad as the, the sort of entertainment brick, you know, yeah. where it's like, it's got, it's got the movies. <laughs> Great branding there, the- Todd. <laughs> the iPad entertainment brick. <laughs> well, I'm just hoping for that Saber Pyramid someday. Oh, know? my God. Um, or a Sabre Pyramid. Um, but yeah. What a useless I- thing that was. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's that's sort of how I've been entertaining myself. Um, and I, I figured I'd save some stuff for the next time we need to, you know, go for a grab bag and talk about things. But yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. It's good to it's good to catch up on that. I need to I'm, I'm going to continue my comicsology binge a little bit. I here's the interesting thing. I mentioned this last episode. We had a, um, a store close in Colorado Springs. It was the yeah. second Escape Velocity store um first one's still you know live and kicking and doing fairly well under uh COVID as far as i can tell second one they shut down right before COVID, so it was probably within their you know probably to their benefit or their advantage that they did so but i cleaned up i got you know i spent probably 50 bucks if that and got just a mountain of books um which has been a mixed bag there's been some that i'm just like ugh. (laughs) um you know they may looked cool on the surface and i was you know as i because they're like four or five bucks for a trade paperback i'm like why not 
Um, let's just see. And so I don't feel too bad, but I was just like, Ooh, this isn't quite what I imagined. Other things no. have turned out to be really cool. So I, I've got more on that, you know, more physical books to talk about, but I kind of had to put a moratorium on buying for a moment just because I was yeah, very backed up. TBR pile is way too big. So yeah, we'll be, we'll be, you know, talking oh. more stuff soon. I'm sure. But I like the grab bay. I like the, the, I call it, you call them potpourri. I call them um, potluck episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I, you know, I, I, it's, it's like, I think that another theme of all these, you know, potluck episodes is the um, uh, trying to make peace with crazy things happening in our world and how yeah. we adjust to it. And uh, it, it was a very interesting decision a few weeks ago for, after, our, after last time we recorded for me to just sit down with comiXology and go like, you know what, I'm just cranking through this wish list for everything that's on unlimited. Mm -hmm. Like, whereas I think before the pandemic, the way we were planning episodes out where, you know, one episode would be about a book I had read, one would be about a book you read. Um, it, it was much more deliberate. Like, well, I got to choose the right one. Cause I can't, I can't put two hours into this thing and then find out I hate it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that almost contributed to the TBR pile because I, I mean, it's unsacred. It's a perfect example. Like I had issues of this and I kept thinking like, no, I'm going to have to do it all together. We're going to have to dedicate an episode to it. I'm like, no, it doesn't need that much. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. let's just uh, bang through a lot of these things. And uh, hopefully then I, when I, you know, for the books that I've been saving in that TBR pile, though, it'll be much more, uh, I'll be much more attentive to them. That's a great way to look at it. I think that's yeah, yeah. kind of a, a, a not weeding of the garden so much as just, you know, prioritizing. It's like when you dream, you know, like you dream, you're supposed to, brain's basically defragmenting. That's a good way to put yeah. it, defragmenting your, your TBR pile. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's kind of how I'm looking at uh, all these things like, uh, you know, games and um, TV shows and everything like that. Um, I've, uh, it's, it's, it has been strangely, you know, it is a forced uh, opportunity to defrag. Um, mm -hmm. and somewhat frag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a lot of fragging too. So, it's <laughs> Well, this has been a fragging great podcast. Let's put it there. If you yeah, like this, if you like this and you want to get more, go to panelism.inc. That's panelism.inc. Um, you search for panelism wherever you find podcasts and tell your friends. The more folks that listen, the more of this kind of stuff we can do. Um, also panelism.inc on Instagram in case we haven't said that enough. Anything else you want to plug or promote? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, uh, um, you know, let's, <laughs> let's talk later about let's talk whatever's later. next. <laughs> yeah. There'll be more. I mean, we're sort of living, we're living in a, we're living on the edge of tomorrow. Much well, like I think we should say, like, let's, we should do a reverse, uh, plug for, I will do a reverse plug for your conversation with Charles Wefso last yeah. week, uh, which was a cool thing that has been in, the hopper for a long time and it was it was like a getting the timing right sort of thing between what you and i wanted to talk about on the show and oh that's a great that. so yeah thanks I'm for that reminder that because i also want to promote uh the village idiots which is a podcast for charles and i i mean listen to the last episode of panelism for that interview um but he and i then if you like if you like what you heard we also host a new show where we break down every episode of the tv show the prisoner um which is available in quite a few places now for free so hell of a great show it is a very intense watch. It is, it is a show so far ahead of its time that it's, it makes David Lynch blush. And it's like, it takes, it takes a little sort of, you, you almost want to immediately talk to somebody about what you saw and digest it. So we're trying to offer that um, as a nice little watching guide. So go, uh, the pilot is up. 
Um, and then we're going to have uh, episodes coming out weekly now for the next little bit. So Great. definitely check that and out. And Village Idiots. And that's been in the works for a long time because you, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, uh, we've been talking about this for a while and, and um, I think like this start, I mean, the planning for this started pre-pandemic, but yeah. it's like oh, now yeah. you have, uh, uh, again, a forced opportunity to, <laughs> to like sit down and watch The Prisoner. Yeah. You know? And it's a good um, watch. Like I'll talk more about that show as we go, but like that's, I, you know, I have a whole monologue in our first pilot episode about why I freaking love that show and, and what it's just, how much is inspired so much TV that we take for granted today. Um, it is, it was, it is, they, they throw the word, the, they sling the word groundbreaking around quite a bit and, you know, it's kind of lost a lot of its, its punch. I would say this is the textbook definition of groundbreaking. It's just so much uh, flowed from it. Anyway, um, it's been great. Great listening to you chat. And uh, I don't even know how to, how to finish this. Let's just, we never know. It's fine. We'll just fade out over this part. Um, but actually, no, let me do, let me do a proper goodbye. Well, it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody. Happy reading, and uh, we'll catch you next time. There. there <laughs> what was the thing we used to have? This terrible ending that I thought was corny that I would try, but now I can't remember the word. I don't. Yeah.